Sorry, it took me a while to get myself together. Yeah. I actually took a little cat nap. Good, good for you, because, man. Oh, my goodness. It's the influence of the animals. Oh, so you're super me. I've spent a lot of time outside in the last couple of days. Mm -hmm. I don't really like outside. Outside doesn't like you. And outside doesn't like me. So I've been, <sighs> yeah, since I got back home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so I'm trying to make it, girl. I don't have a reason why I'm so tired. Because um, I've really been doing a whole lot of nothing the last two days. I had Friday off as well. Mm-hmm. Friday I was busy, super productive. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like manual labor on Friday, mm-hmm. and my body reminded me. me. It reminded me why I'm not made for made nope. for man- not made for manual labor. Um, nope. yeah, but I'm very pleased because I did clean out the garage, which desperately needed cleaning out. Um, okay. So pre-pandemic, right? So I had those projects that I was working on before the world turned upside down. And Mm -hmm. there's just all this remaining stuff that needed to get moved out of the garage, like the door that had been ordered that was broken, um, that was later replaced by finally the third door order that came intact and the doors that were removed, all that needed to be moved out. There was like wood chip dust from, you know, sawing that had happened inside the garage, a tarp. Mm-hmm. It was just a mess. A whole bunch of stuff going on over there. There was just a whole bunch of stuff going on. I couldn't park my car in there. Obviously, there's just all these things. So it was our annual HOA uh, termite inspection where you have to like move things out of the way for them anyway. So. Uh, that was the motivator because obviously it's been sitting there since January, early February. So I obviously needed some kind of motivation to get it done. So, so yeah. Um, so I was very productive on Friday. All that to say, I took care of a lot of things Friday, that including other chores, so that I could do basically nothing yesterday and today, which I have achieved, I'd like to say. Did pretty Smart. good. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, but somehow I'm, like, I'm sitting here, like, you know, kind of uh, on the couch with the animals. And as I was waiting for you to call in, just kind of dozed off, just just like that. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. okay. So there you go. Don't even know what that's okay. about, but there we have it. Okay, there we have it. There you have it. There you have it. 
it is a nice breeze um, blowing in. I have to say that it's very comfortable and quiet. Yeah, I we were waiting for me because I needed to eat dinner before I got too late because I knew like by the time we finished it would be like eleven o'clock. Um, right, <laughs> right. So I wanted to make sure I ate dinner, and so I told you ate you know ate a, a time and um. Yeah, I had not even gotten up like 30 minutes to like go and make anything. So you told me to move my buns and I so I did. And I was able to um, cook a very healthy dinner. Oh, I did. Some curried lent- green lentils with mushrooms and um, some broiled salmon. Oh, very good. Look at you. Mm-hmm. Very so nice. I went to the grocery store and bought food for the week. Like my breakfast is covered. I can't quite get the not eating bread for breakfast, even though I, for the longest time I never ate bread for breakfast. Now I want to eat. I think it's because I bought that lingonberry jam from IKEA. Oh, so nice. So I, I really to put it on. on. Yeah, I just need something to, you know, a conveyor for the jam. So you mean so like you're making bought- toast in the morning? No, I haven't been making toast, but I did buy some a brioche loaf to make toast this week. But I've okay. been doing um, croissants. Hmm. And um, at one week, I just did pita because okay. that's what I had. So I just did pita with some butter and the jam. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. So, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So there's tacos. There's salmon. There's... Um, you know, pasta I'm gonna make, so that's pretty much my. I'm done, so I'm very happy. Oh, that's good. Doing that. It is my nice to feel like about. you're set for the week. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, and I did. I also it's got solid. groceries delivered, so I am ready for the week, food wise. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Like I have more story about my shopping trip, but this hmm. is wait till me everything. Oh yes, and I'm, I'm Andrea. Christian. Yeah, so that was simultaneous. Yeah, well, you know, they they know. Do they know? So, uh, well, <laughs> you should know. If you don't know, now you now know. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, went to. Uh, I told you we went. I'll talk a little bit about wait. To, well, I'll just wait for let's get personal to talk about my day and um, uh, the just. Black people stuff. And I was like, it's not even black people. It's just ignorant people stuff. Because I'm not going to put that on black people. It's just ignorant people stuff where you're just trying to mind. I was just trying to mind my black business, buy my groceries, (laughs) and people are, you know, wrapping me up in their drama. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I live a drama free life. Um, You know, I've been drama free since 03. And I just okay. kind of like to keep that going. And you don't have to live like that. That's going to be my message for people okay. who have dramatic things happen to them. So, okay. So okay. let's get started. Okay. Tell us what's going on in the news. Besides anything Corona and non-Trump Trump things. What? Oh, yeah. Some stuff did happen. So, yes. Okay. Um. Yeah. I actually, there's a lot of things that happen. Some of them are just more like news bites. Like we had... Um, the very unfortunate passing of Herman Cain um, earlier this week um, from COVID-19. 
And I didn't pull an article about it, but what I will say is I think that it's just so sad. Like, I just, all I, I think, you know, deaths in general are mm-hmm. sad, but I feel like his, because he was so vocally, like, like mm-hmm. you know, against it's mass, a hoax. Mass, yeah, it's a hoax, or it's you know, like there's masking is a hoax, or all this sort of like you know, You're fed up with it, all of that, all yeah. of that. It just makes it even sadder, just because it's it was so preventable, um, especially for someone like mm-hmm. him who had you know compromised immunity uh, based on his history of cancer. Um, and he could have otherwise a very intelligent person, a very intelligent, like you know, person, businessman, yeah, like contributing to you know the American dialogue, contributing to as a citizen to our country, um, whether you agree with him or not, or whatever, like that's all like super irrelevant, like it's a completely unnecessary and preventable death, uh, Mm -hmm. for someone who you know, was other like had beat cancer and, right. and was otherwise healthy um, to cancer. have um, had to succumb um, to this virus completely unnecessarily, strictly because mm-hmm. he didn't take precautions uh, because mm-hmm. he bought into or felt the need to promote this agenda that agenda. makes no sense and that is completely against every health expert's advice and all of that. So I, you know, people have been making light of it. There's memes and I just think it's all very inappropriate um, because it's, it's just, it's sad. It's awful. And what's even sadder is anyone who, you know, is listening to these people who's also, you know, by. This should be a cautionary tale. They should be a cautionary tale that like, this is not, don't, you're listening to the wrong people. You, you're listening to the wrong advice. You're putting yourself and others at risk, and it's completely unnecessary. Um, yes, listen to scientists. Listen to real scientists, not people who um, are saying crazy things about demon sperm and all that. Oh kind of my stuff. gosh, Doctor Stella, whoever. Which again, I still stand by my Facebook post earlier this week, which is, um, don't nobody listen to what black women have to say any other time. Any other time, just ignore us. <laughs> I mean, tell us y'all what y'all talking about. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, oh yes, yeah, yeah, talking crazy, uh-huh. and and everyone's you know all these people are just giving her all this like time and energy, and sharing her videos and all this stuff, and I'm like, seriously, for real, um, it's just. I, I don't understand it. I really don't get it. And um, so, yeah, so there's, we're going to get to a um, sort of a, a duo story on coronavirus. But um, right before, um, right as I was looking through all my uh, stories here, there's a story today in the LA Times, and it's by Rosanna Sia. It's her, I'm not sure how to say her last name. It's X-I-A. It's Sia, right? Or, Zia? I don't know. I, don't know. I never know what an X set. What's the X at the beginning of a word? Never makes sense to me, but, or a name, I should say. But anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> I uh, have no idea. She wrote this article, and uh, uh, like I said, Dateline today, and the headline is Manhattan Beach was once home to black beachgoers, but the city ran them out. Now it faces a reckoning. So, 
this is history mm-hmm. that I actually just recently became more familiar with um, mm-hmm. in terms of the details. Um, did you know about Bruce's Beach before? I had heard about Bruce's Beach, but I didn't know, like, I, like just heard of it. I didn't, like, dig like know all the details. Mm-hmm. So, um, so the article starts, Anthony Bruce could barely talk about the beach that bears his family's name without feeling a sharp pain, a tug at the heart. More than a century ago, his ancestors had turned this small corner of Manhattan Beach into a popular resort, one where black people could dip their toes in the sand and bask in their own slice of the California dream. But their white neighbors in this very white town ran them all away. Bruce said, this is our legacy, this beach. It has haunted my family for ages. Today, most see Bruce's Beach as a pretty park with jasmine and coastal live oak overlooking the sea. In this affluent town of 35,000, known for its manicured homes, the community fair, the strand by the sea, few know of the racist past. Others would prefer to gloss over the uncomfortable details in a community where black residents make up less than 1% of the population. But as protesters across the nation continue to fill the streets, calling for more equitable society, a new generation is demanding that the city atone for past wrongs like the many towns, institutions, and universities that have been forced into similar reckonings since the death of George Floyd, Manhattan Beach must confront its own history. Um, So Bruce's Beach has a long history. It kind of goes into, like, you know, early on, just like the natives that, um, you know, uh, which are the Tongva, who... um, were sort of nomadic through the dunes and the gathered seafood along that stretch. Then after that, there was a takeover by the Spanish. And then by the early 1900s, a man by George Peck and others developed what is now known today as Manhattan Beach. Now, if you're not from yeah. L.A. or not from Southern California, Manhattan Beach is like just prime coastal beach town. It's sort of, um, you know, you have kind of, Along the coastline, you have Malibu and Zuma, which are to the north of the coastline, super affluent, very exclusive. Then you come down, you have Santa Monica, which is like not as nice of a beach and um, less, uh, but definitely still like resorts and hotels. And you have the pier there. Mm -hmm. And then if you come down south from Santa Monica, there's the next big um, and again, more affluent spot is uh, Manhattan Beach. Um, so, um, in 1912, Willa Bruce purchased for $1,225. Wow. The, right? <laughs> like literally $1,200. Uh, the first of two lots along the strand between 26 and 27th Street. While her husband, Charles, worked as a dining car chef on the train running between Salt Lake City and Los Angeles. Willa mm-hmm. ran a popular lodge, cafe, and dance hall, providing black families a way to enjoy a weekend on the coast. How much fun does this place sound? I know. Um, many refer to this area as Bruce's Beach. A few more black families then bought and built their own cottages by the sea, and a community Which is was what born. happens. This That's is what how happens. communities form. That's how communities mm-hmm. form. You get one, one group of people there, and they're like, hey, you know, did you hear you the guys, Bruce's? Come, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then like Let's they like hey, this is why don't you guys move in too? And then that's how yeah, that's how this is how Community like communities form. are established. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they were pioneers, says Allison Rose Jefferson, who's a historian and author of the book Living the California Dream: African American Leisure Sites During the Jim Crow Era. 
which I now want to read this book because I feel like there's a million stories that I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. They were pioneers. They came to California, bought property, enjoyed the beach, made money. They did what every other Californian was doing during that time. But white neighbors resented Bruce's growing popularity. Tires were slashed. The Ku Klux Klan purportedly set fire to a mattress under the main deck and torched a Black-owned home nearby. Uh, Fake 10-minute-only parking signs were posted to detour uh, Black out-of-town folks. The reach... To reach the ocean, visitors were made to walk an extra half mile around the property that was owned by George Peck, who had lined it with security and no trespassing signs. The hostility was not uncommon at the time. Another popular area in Santa Monica was referred to as the Inkwell. In Huntington Beach, the Black-owned Pacific Beach Club mysteriously burned the day before it was scheduled to open. When harassment failed to drive the Black Beach-going community out of town, city officials condemned the neighborhood in 1924 and seized more than two dozen properties through our friend, eminent domain. Yep. The reason, they said, was an urgent need for a public park. Now, help me. What, so how is a public park ever an urgent need? An urgent need? Right. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Well, when you're trying to keep them Negroes out, it's urgent. It's urgent. Yeah, exactly. I'm mm-hmm. like, there's no urgent need for a park. Anyway, um, the Bruces and three other black families sued, citing racial prejudice, according to Robert Brigham, a longtime resident and historian, who in 1956 sought to tell the real story of Bruce's Beach in his master's thesis at Fresno State College. The Bruces sought $120,000 in compensation, $70,000 for their two lots, and $50,000 in damages. Another couple asked for $36,000. After years of litigation, the Bruces received $14,500. The other families, black and white, received between $1,200 and $4,200 per lot. Most found other property in Manhattan Beach, but the city made it impossible for the Bruces to move their seaside business elsewhere in town. So they packed up and went inland, where they served as chefs for other business owners for the remainder of their lives. Uh, Effie Turnbull Sanders, who's the California Coastal Commission Environmental Justice Commissioner, says the part that entrenches this whole idea of white privilege in the law and in our culture that people don't realize the full effect is this idea of generational wealth. She noted Mm -hmm. how eminent domain was once also used to take property from intern Japanese Americans and to dispossess Latino families of their properties to build a public housing project that ultimately became, you know this, Kristen? Chavez Ravine ultimately became... Oh, yeah, yeah, Dodge Stadium. Dodge Stadium, Stadium. yep. Mm -hmm. So, um, which was... Uh, so that land, and I was just listening to a podcast about this this week, where how the um, the Latino families that um, own that land, it was also taken by eminent domain. Then mm-hmm. Bob Hope bought it, and then sold it to the Brooklyn Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is mind-boggling to think about how many opportunities are missed when the government intercedes to prevent certain people from building wealth. Generations of wealth building have been eliminated for so many folks of color in California history. 
Uh, Bruce's Beach was raised and remained vacant for decades, uh, which is also just adding like insult to injury because it's like we're going to take mm-hmm. it and then just not do anything. With not it. do anything with it. Not you just can't it. have it. You just can't have it. Right. We just mm-hmm. don't want you here. It's just like the clearest message um, ever. Mm-hmm. So then in the 50s, city officials began to worry that family members might sue to regain their land unless it was used for the purpose for which it had been originally taken. City Park was born and later renamed Beachfront, then renamed Bayview Terrace Park. And in 1974, it was named after a sister city in Mexico, Parque Culiacan. By 2006, after a summer of intense debate, the city council voted three to two to rename the beach after the Bruce family, largely because of an appeal by Councilman Mitch Ward, the city's first black elected official. Again, that's 2006 folks i mean mm. insane and again begs the point of representation in you know in city councils and all these mm-hmm. you know all these elected um offices because the, obviously the only reason that this was renamed to the bruce family's name was because this council member um pushed it forward mm. you know um But the commemorative sign, many say, reinforced the white way of seeing the world. The sign begins, in 1912, Mr. George Peck, one of our community's co-founders, made it possible for the beach area below this site to be developed as Bruce's Beach, the only beach resort in Los Angeles County for all people. I mean, I can't. Get the, you know what? And that's the thing, like, especially being in real estate, people are like, you know, you know, the wealth disparity, like it's not because black people didn't buy property or they didn't value it. Like things were put in place specifically where they could not buy it. Or when you bought it, it it got taken away. Yes. Like take it away from you or, you know, things were created to, yeah, to take it away from you. So it just, it's infuriating. It's infuriating. So, yeah. And then this retelling, this like whitewashed retelling of it, even and on the side, always happen. To, right. Like the sign honor is and acknowledge. To, right. Like acknowledge it is still not accurate. Um, oh, it's so it's so frustrating. So Anthony Bruce, uh, many generations later, says this history continues to tear his family apart. His grandfather, Bernard, who was born a few years after the condemnation, was obsessed with what happened and his life. And lived his life, quote, extremely angry at the world. How would you feel if your family owned the Waldorf and they took it away from you, Bernard said in a 2007 interview with the Times. Growing up in South L.A., he said when he told school friends that his family once owned a beach, they would laugh at him. Bernard's Mm -hmm. marriage suffered and he, he wanted Anthony's father to become a lawyer so that he could keep fighting to right these wrongs. Instead, his father took the kids and left California. Today, Anthony, who is 37, is a security supervisor in Florida and teaches English online. He's the only Bruce who can manage to talk publicly about the beach, but even he feels worn out. He's heartened by the new movement of people championing the cause. People are out there because they want to see justice, too, he says. They know what happened to Charles and Willa is still happening every day in different Mm -hmm. parts of the world. Uh, Fast forward to um, today, Manhattan Beach. Kavon Ward, who moved to Manhattan Beach three years ago with her newborn daughter, said she knew she wasn't welcome when a woman at Pollywog Park asked which family she mm. was nannying for. 
girl. I mean, we this I happened mean, this, experience. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. At the local Rouse, she was called a terrorist for wearing a Black Panthers t-shirt. The local Facebook group for moms, she said, kept deleting her posts about Black Lives Matter. But Ward was appalled when she heard about Bruce's Beach. She and a few moms started their own group, anti-racist movements around South Bay, and did mm. everything they could to shake their neighbors city leaders and state legislators into action. They reclaimed the park as a space to honor black lives, including a Juneteenth celebration and memorials Mm. for Breonna Taylor and Emmett Till. Mm. Uh, She says, it's like you kick the bruises out, but you're not going to run me out. So if I'm not leaving, I've got to fight to make it better. Awesome. Good for her. I mean, that's rough though. Living, you know, like it's, an uphill battle. Um, another resident started a petition which has gathered 9,500 signatures demanding that the city make a new plaque, issuing a public statement, and give the land back to the Bruce family and provide restitution for loss of revenue for 95 years and monetary damages for the wanton violation of their civil rights. These demands have forced an uncomfortable conversation for many in the community. In an editorial in the local Easy Reader News, Russ Lesser, who's a 76-year-old resident of Manhattan, 76-year resident of Manhattan Beach, and has and served as mayor in the 80s, questioned how returning the land would even work. The park itself, he noted, was not the two parcels that the Bruces actually owned down by the Strand, where the county lifeguard station sits today current fair market value for the entire area would be at least 75 million dollars he estimated wow i mean that's this is the point Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is the point how and then so he questions how would taxpayers come up with this money he says what happened was wrong i have no problem with teaching the history of bruce's beach but if you only teach what happened nearly 100 years ago and do not teach about the progress we have made in those hundred years. And it seems to me the goal is to create hatred and divisiveness. Shut up. Just shut up, Mr. What's his name? Mr. Uh, Lesser Russ. Quiet Russ. Um, City Mayor Richard Montgomery said he's open to redoing the plaque and has said as early as 14 years ago that an apology was long overdue. He says, we all agree there were some things that happened in the past that we are not proud of, but the temperament and the people and the times have changed. We're a different city today than we were 100 years ago. But you're not. Yeah, No, because the thing is, you don't want to make it right. You're like, oh, yes, let's acknowledge it, but let's not right the wrong. Right. Like, you're not. Because this will be inconvenient for us. It will cost us money. Um, we just, you know, we're sorry. Sorry, guys. Sorry this happened to you. Yeah. Um, too, too bad. It's really sad. And like, we're the only group of people who get no restitution for right. the wrongs that have been, you know, uh, committed against us. So it's, it's yeah. Okay. It's ridiculous. So as for the demand for restitution, Montgomery um, said the city needs to first get the facts straight before deciding how to proceed. The city council is seeking historians, he said, to teach the community what really happened. <sighs> Dwayne the Shepard... They're not going to even believe it. Right. Like, it's just... There's no question... Like, no one's, like, debating the facts of what happened. So, I don't even see why you need to bring in... You know, anyway. Dwayne Shepard Sr., <sighs> a 62-year resident of South L.A., 
and designated Bruce family representative said he's been building a case and researching which parcels and how many Charles and Willa actually owned. Shepard, a Bruce cousin on his mother's side, imagines the land could be used for a historical center, the money perhaps used to establish a scholarship foundation. He smiled as he described a reunion held at the park in 2018, where about 150 family members had gathered for the first time. It was mm. a very spiritual. It was very spiritual for us to come together as a family," said Shepard, who is a Pawcaset Wampanoag chief and tribal elder from his father's side. I declared yeah. the land sac- like sacred. The Native Americans, the Thanksgiving ones. Sorry, the, the Thanksgiving ones. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> The Wampanoag. That's the those are like the yeah Thanksgiving oh. Native Americans, right? Like the first dinner. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I thought that's right. You might be like, right. I don't know. <laughs> My early um <laughs> memory of this is kind of um. Leave me alone. Okay. Yes. Very possibly the Thanksgiving ones. He is the chief and tribal elder <laughs> on his so father's sorry. side. That came out very bad. <laughs> the Thanksgiving ones. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> this is so funny. Um. So yeah, just Google the article. Thanksgiving belongs to the Wampanoag tribe. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Well, you're at least you're right. <laughs> oh Jesus. Okay, Lord. Okay, go on. Um. So it just the article closes by saying um, his quote. He says, "I declared the land sacred that day, and promised that I would do everything I could in the world to get justice for our family." So um, that is the long sorted history of the uh, of Bruce's Beach, and it continues. Like obviously, there's like this. This article is from today's LA Times. So an ongoing um, fight to. Um, to one tell the story the way that it actually happened and get mm-hmm. reparations um for this family who has lost out on um a hundred years worth of wealth building in one of the wealthiest um stretches of land in California. Yep. So that is Bruce's Beach. Mm-hmm. Um my ne- so again my next two stories are related. Um I'm going to say take a few quotes from this article from the Washington Post, uh, dateline yesterday, August 1st, by Joel Achenbach, Rachel Weiner, and Chelsea Janes. Headline, we just have to assume the monster is everywhere. Experts urge a reset to response as U.S. sees ominous trends. So the coronavirus is spreading at dangerous levels across much of the United States, and public health experts are demanding a dramatic reset in the national response, one that recognizes that the crisis is intensifying and the current peaceful strategies aren't working. This is a new phase of the pandemic, one no longer built around local or regional clusters and hotspots. It comes at an unnerving moment in which the economy suffered its worst lapse since the Great Depression. Schools are rapidly canceling plans for in-person instruction, and Congress has failed to to pass a new emergency relief package. President Trump continues to promote fringe science. The daily death toll keeps climbing, and the human cost of the virus in America has just passed 150,000 lives. Um... 
Another report from the uh, Association of American Medical Colleges offered a similarly blunt message. If the nation does not change its course and soon, deaths in the United States could be well into the multiple hundreds of thousands. The country is exhausted, but the virus is, is not. It has shown a consistent pattern. It spreads opportunistically wherever people let their guard down and return to more familiar patterns of mobility and socializing. When communities tighten up by closing bars or requiring masks in public, transmission drops. That has happened in some Sunbelt states, including Arizona, Florida, and Texas, which are all still dealing with a surge of hospitalizations and deaths, but are finally turning around the rate of new infections. There are signs, however, that the virus is spreading freely in much of the country. Experts are focused on upticks in the percentage of positive coronavirus tests in the Upper South and and Midwest. It is a sign that the virus could soon surge anew in the heartland. Infectious disease experts also see warning signs in East Coast cities that were hammered in the spring. Governor Mike DeWine, Republican of Ohio, on Wednesday said, there are fewer and fewer places where anybody can assume the virus is not there. It's in our most rural counties. It's in our smallest communities. And we just have to assume the monster is everywhere. It's everywhere. Mm. So the article goes on with numbers and more details or whatever. um, But it connects to the second um, uh, article and topic, which is postal service backlog sparks worries of ballot delivery delays. So I've been I've been trying to figure this out <laughs> because everyone is talking about the you know this issue of um, the you know just absentee the not absent oh, it is absentee ballots or mail in ballots and this U.S. Postal Service. Now, question for you. Have you seen any difference in your mail delivery as of late? No, it's horrible, but it's like been, been horrible. But it has nothing to do with corona. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. But otherwise, no, like some things are a little slow. Uh-huh. But no, like I've been getting things. Yeah. No. Okay. And it might I take don't... an extra day or two. Yeah, so I haven't noticed anything, but I feel like I'm not a good uh, measure of that because I don't get a lot of mail. Like, most of my mail is junk mail because um, most of the bills that I have are paperless, so I don't have anything that comes in the mail. So it's not like I'm expecting it and it's not coming or, you know, like, so. Um, so, okay. So in my neighborhood, people, a few people like this one neighbor on Facebook and a few people just generally in the neighborhood on next door, on the next door app have like posted, like, is anyone, you know, has anyone had trouble with their mail or our mail has been really spotty or did, you know, like, did people get mail today? Cause we never got any, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the replies to the posts seem kind of hit and miss. Like, you know, sometimes people are like, we didn't get anything today, did you? And then other people are like, I got my mail, I got my mail, it came late, but you know. So there's like, an, you know, a, a few like little, like it's like, there's not like an even, like the jury is out on it, okay. Mm-hmm. So the US Postal Service is experiencing day days long backlogs of mail across the country after a top Trump donor running the agency, put in place new procedures described as cost-cutting efforts, alarming postal workers who warned that the policies could undermine their ability to deliver ballots, 
on time for the November election. A President Trump, as President Trump ramps up his unfounded attacks on mail balloting as being susceptible to widespread fraud, postal employees mm-hmm. and union officials say the changes implemented by Trump fundraiser turned postmaster General Louis DeJoy, <clears throat> postmaster General Louis DeJoy, are contributing to a growing perception that mail delays are the result of a mm-hmm. political effort to undermine absentee voting. The backlog comes as the president, who's trailing presumptive Democrat presidential nominee Joe Biden in the polls, has escalated his efforts to cast doubt about the integrity of the November vote, which is expected to yield record numbers of mail ballots because of the coronavirus pandemic. Mm. Um, On Thursday, Trump floated the idea of delaying the November 3rd general election. Yeah, no, no thanks, bucko. That's not happening. Um, a notion. Yeah, I'm like, someone put, put, put it like during wars. Right. Fought in this country. During the other pandemic in 1918, 1918 right. they still had elections. Right. Well, that's, well, that's just not going to happen. And it was widely, widely, um, you know, condemned by Democrats and Republicans alike Like as, as soon as he... Like, this is not the Trump organization, bucko. Like, you don't get to just randomly decide that things get moved. Like, it's not... It's just not... It's not a thing. It's not no. in your... Oh, not God. in your purview. It's... Just deal with it. So... And then, oh, did you hear about the TikTok thing? He's gonna ban TikTok? Oh, yeah. He's... I'm like, first of all, to the horror of my little goddaughter. <laughs> I was gonna say, uh... if he's really trying to get, like, the youth vote, he needs, like, that. <laughs> he's doing, like, They're he's gonna going be to... outraged! He's, yeah, you're going about it the entirely wrong way, because <laughs> be like, they're gonna rally against you. Oh, my gosh. I was like, every, like teen i know queen and teen yes i was like really so we're like china now where we're just blocking you know north korea we're just blocking okay right girl okay so um all right so dejoy a north carolina logistics executive who donated more than $2 million to GOP political committees in the past four years, approved changes that took effect July 13th that the agency said were aimed at cutting costs for the debt-laden mail service. They included prohibiting overtime pay, shutting down sorting machines early, and requiring letter carriers to leave mail behind when necessary to avoid extra trips or late delivery on routes. The new policies have resulted in at least two-day delay in scattered parts of the country, even for express mail, according to multiple postal workers and union leaders. Letter carriers are manually sorting more mail, adding to the delivery time. Bins of mail ready for delivery are sitting in post offices because of scheduling and route changes. And without the ability to work overtime, workers say the logjam is worsening without an end in sight. As states look to dramatically expand the use of mail-in ballots this fall, postal workers across the country said the changes could lead to chaos in November. Uh, Lori Cash, who's the president of the American Postal Workers Union uh, in Western New York, says, I'm actually terrified to see election season under the new procedures. 
David Partenheimer, who's the spokesman for the U.S. Postal Service, said the recent changes aim to stabilize the agency after decades of financial woes. The procedures are not meant to slow the delivery of ballots or any other mail, he said, adding that any problems will be short-lived. His quote is, of course, we acknowledge that the temporary service impacts can occur, but any such impacts will be monitored and will be temporary. Uh, mm-hmm. Partenheimer said the claims that DeJoy takes direction from Trump are, quote, wholly misplaced and off base, noting that the Postmaster General is appointed by a bipartisan board of governors. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a meeting with DeJoy on Thursday, the head of one of the nation's largest postal worker unions said he shared the deep concerns of postal workers that the new procedures are causing mounting backlogs that could affect the election. I vehemently weighed in that this is wrong, said Mark Diamondstein, president of the APWU, which represents more than 200,000 postal employees and retirees. It's wrong for people. um, I'm sorry. It's wrong for the people of the country. It's wrong for the public postal service. It drives away business and revenue, and it's wrong for the workers. Diamond Stein said DeJoy told him that he is committed to mail voting and providing full assistance to states as they run their elections. Uh, the, the union leader continued on and said, I plan and the people of the country plan to hold him to his word. So mm. voters and postal workers have reported scattered problems across the country in recent days, including in key battleground states such as Wisconsin, Michigan, North Carolina and Pennsylvania, raising concerns among residents whether their states are being targeted because of their importance in the presidential and Senate elections. In Michigan, which their uh, primary is just two days away on August 4th, election mm-hmm. administrators said they have fielded complaints from voters who had not yet received their ballots as of this week. Election clerks are advising voters to drop off their ballot Tuesday rather than sending it in via mail out of fear that the ballots will not be returned in time to be counted. Phil Kearns, who's the city clerk of Frackenmuth in the central part of Michigan, says, I don't think it's a widespread issue, but anytime we get mail delayed, especially first class or not delivered at all, it becomes a concern. Um, so... The, um, the upheaval inside the Postal Service has sparked condemnation from top Democrats. Speaking on Thursday at a service memorializing the late Representative John Lewis, former President Barack Obama decried, quote, those in power who are doing their darndest to discourage people from voting, even undermining the Postal Service in the run up to an election that's going to be dependent on mail in ballots so people don't get sick. Uh, and four Senate Democrats mm-hmm. wrote to DeJoy on Thursday, demanding information about the new procedures, calling them, quote, questionable. Um, Then it goes on in terms of, like, more people, more senators and others who've come out against um, and, you know, questioning these delays. And then the delays are especially alarming given the impending flood of campaign and election mail and a potential resurgence of coronavirus cases in the fall that could lead to staff shortages, postal employees said their frustrations have led to some to dub the new postmaster louis delay (laughs) in in private several workers said (laughs) 
I've noticed that there's less staff, and I see the purpose of it, because they're usually, like, kind of right there together, and mm-hmm. they have to be, like, separated some. But the thing is, in Atlanta, the post office, you know, I always have issues at the post right. office here. Right. So, it's, you know, so having one worker in the post office isn't out of the norm, you know, since I've been here, so. Right. I was like, you know, whatever, but I was thinking maybe that's part of it. But I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. So the, <clears throat> the article goes on into more details just about all the back and forth or whatever. But basically, ultimately, the worries are forecasting forward into November with regard to um, the general election. Um, and I think, I don't know, like, I feel like now, because, you know, I feel like there's a huge movement. There's these two movements, right? Like, there's a movement of people who are like, you know, you know, voting by mail is safe. Voting by mail is, you know, it's okay. Like, get your, if you don't already have your absentee ballot or your mail-in ballot, like, get it. Make sure you, like, apply for it. Like, get, you know, all this. But then at the same time, mm-hmm. which I think is generally true, right? Like, I think, like, generally, mm-hmm. in the past, mailing in your ballot is as safe as, you know, voting in person. Millions of people do it. It's not a big deal. But at the same time, now you have this story kind of running alongside it and all these like you know postal worker um you know, I mean it's not it's just interesting to me I guess the timing of it because I feel like the U.S. Postal Service has been in debt for a very long time there's always been talk about mm-hmm. how how much they're in debt and how, how you know like the, their efforts to make it a more profitable you know business and we're and not how- gonna save it um yeah he's not gonna save it my whole thing is I mean, voting in person would be fine, but we have this whole you don't have to wear masks thing. So if right. people would go vote and wear masks and social distance, which we did just fine here mm-hmm. in Atlanta. I mean, like it took forever. It did. Just because they, you know, that's a different thing. Like the, you know, the voter suppression going on in Georgia. Okay. But like the actual like, voting in person part was fine but right. the thing is you can't just do that everywhere because everyone's all like i don't have to wear a mask so a friend on facebook today was like her and her husband went to like a lake or something and she walked you know like a little lake town they went to like you know i guess a little general store to pick up some stuff mm-hmm. and she was wearing a mask when she walked in the lady's like oh you don't have to wear a mask in here um we're letting people make that choice for themselves i'm like did you make the choice to wear a mask Oh my gosh. Like, like that's a choice. So I was yeah. just like, okay. She's like no thing. one was wearing a mask. Which She's like she grabbed her wine and like ran out. Ran out. Yeah. Like I'm like, yeah. let me get out of here because you guys are just all you know, just you don't care. Um, or whatever. You don't believe whatever it is, whatever your crazy rationale is. You don't believe science. You don't believe and science facts. and facts and doctors who've actually studied their entire lives around infectious mm-hmm. diseases. Yeah, and okay. they're going to jeopardize okay, their career, their reputation mm-hmm. for a hoax. Yep. For, to mm-hmm. trick y'all. Yep, yep. That's what they're doing. Worldwide global hoax at that because. Right. Yep, and there are whole countries that are. Entire you know, nations. Yep. That are fine. Mm-hmm. Um, because they like they're you know people took it seriously from the beginning yeah okay so there's that yeah. so so yeah mm-hmm. so and the thing is like 
I feel like um, sending it, mailing in your ballot, you know, ought to be safe. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people that have to, right? Like if you're like homebound mm-hmm. for any other, any number of reasons, you know, I mean, my parents, um, when they were alive, um, they always mailed in their ballot. Like they, I don't think they ever went to a polling place because it was just too much trouble for my dad. You know, he was handicapped. Mm-hmm. So it was just, it was too nerve wracking for him. And this, the thought of having to like stand in line and, you know, people and crowds and whatever, and not knowing the lay of the land of what the polling place was going to be like and all that, like it was too much for him. So he always mailed in his ballot, which meant my mom always also just mailed in her ballot. Like I don't, yeah, we, yeah. Why I not? have zero memory as a child of ever going to any public polling place, you know. Oh wow! So yeah, that was like a fond memory. And I was so I was explaining to someone, mm-hmm. which is so funny, um, about going voting when I was little and how it was like we used to go vote at a neighbor's house. Oh, like the, nice, right? Because they had like their garage or something. It was like literally their living room. It was a oh, wow. huge living room. And yeah, like they literally like had we had the polling place in their living. So it was like, what? I was like, yeah, like now that seems strange, but I never like really thought about it. Like usually it's like in a rec room or like a library or a school. Sure. But I was like, yeah, our polling place is like two streets over, um, in these people's living room. So like, yeah, well, I remember yeah. for sure like that you know. Um, there that it was there was definitely like a house in the neighborhood that was a polling place and it was like their garage like so you like walked up mm-hmm. their driveway and they you know they just like cleared out their garage and did their like mm-hmm. did it that way or whatever um so it's definitely like i mean it's it's sort of this like amazing way that the elections happens you know like it's sort of like i feel like it's such an american thing to be like yeah, like people, like private citizens are going to open up whatever, you know, and man. I love it. Po- it's like, like my it's, favorite thing. It is. It's like one of my you favorite know, things. Me, it's like, we're going to make this happen. Election. When I, my, my old job, when like, they're like, hey, you can work mm-hmm. the LA city election and you know, like make time and a half for doing it. I was like, sign me up. Like, right. please, like I'll do it. Yeah. Um, and just like, yeah, just to like be there and do it. it, it you just meet the kookiest people all the um, crazy people that come out to vote yeah so it's like it's always yeah it's always that like american it's my very like it's, it's, yeah it's very yeah. it's such a bootstrap community kind of thing. it's just kind of like yeah you know just whatever you have whatever space you have available you know like all the it's completely volunteer run you know mm-hmm. like it's so like yeah i love so like for me like now my polling place is literally the rec room that's like inside our community and so it's across the street like I literally walk you know I don't know 50 yards or whatever like across the street and I go and vote and like you know I bring the dog with me like it's easy um so I don't do a mail-in ballot just because I just I prefer like I like to go to the polling place I like to get my sticker you know and whatever um, but like, there's mm-hmm. a lot of people who don't have that um, ability, whether it's from physical or like illness or age, you know, whatever it is that's keeping them home, or it's just more convenient. You know, lots of people are just like, it's more convenient. I have a busy schedule, rather than like take the chance of like somehow not getting to the polls on that Tuesday. I'd rather just mail it in ahead of time and be done with it, right? And that mm-hmm. should be safe. Like that should be you know, 
um, should be fine. And I think, I don't know, I guess I'm like, because there's this now this sort of like controversy around this, like all of a sudden we're going to like, you know, it's time to like put the USPS in, 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 you know, like get it back in, you know, financial, whatever. And I'm like, could we wait until <laughs> to do all that until later? Because if it's mm-hmm. messing things up or making people feel unsure, then that's a problem. Like, but I don't care if I have to stand in line for four hours in November. I am going right. to stand in the line. Right. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. There's no way. Um, yeah. So anything else? No, girl. That's Those are all my stories. So like I said, I, you know, the, the last two were just sort of like put together just because I'm like, I, and, you know, again, I think it's legitimate, like you said, for people to be scared to go with regard to the coronavirus especially if you're in places where masks are not being required um Mm -hmm. and you want to continue to stay healthy and avoid the virus you know so um i don't know what i I guess i just it makes me a little nervous because i'm like i don't know what's going to happen if people um don't feel safe to mail in their ballot he wants uh it's very disconcerting it's very disconcerting yeah and i'm just Oh my gosh, you have the tug of war going on here with the governor and the mayor. Apparently they're in mediation now. The thing Uh, I do love, though, is that although he's doing all this grandstanding and whatnot, um, most places here are pretty much requiring masks. So (laughs) Good. And most of them have, like, by city ordinance, you need to wear a mask. There are some cities that have huge signs, like, along the streets and highways talking about, you know, the fact that you need to wear a mask. So, yeah, so, I, you know, a lot of restaurants are still closed. Um, you know, the dining rooms or whatever, they're still doing delivery and takeout. So, what's that noise? Sorry, I just moved into another room. Was getting noisy over there. I just need to turn the air conditioner off in here. Yeah, it's like I... it feels like you're in a tunnel. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so it's so that part is great. So I'm very excited about that. So okay, let's get with the viral box. So okay, a couple of things. Like there's so much, so much, so much things things happen. So, so many things. Yeah. So I just picked out a couple of things. There's so much. So. This kept appearing on a few Facebook groups that I'm in. So I wanted to like, what? It's still like making noise. What oh, is mean? it? I don't know. Yeah. I don't... Okay. All right. I, don't hear... I turned everything's off. It's quiet in okay, here. Okay. Now it is. Okay. But it, it felt like something was still like moving or something. No, I'm sitting, I'm sitting still. Okay. I was still hearing something. Okay. So, um, this person, um, I guess this is on the Twitter, um, mm-hmm. their investor, he wrote, you either take my last name or there ain't nothing to talk about. No hyphens either. So um, this set a lot of people off. Um, and one person like wrote a whole, like a influencer wrote a whole thing about it. And she was like, some people really care about this. Some people don't care about this at all. So find the person who agrees with you on this issue, basically. Like, so, you know, this is, right. you know, just a, a personal thing. You've changed your name. How do you feel about this issue? Before, um, you know? 
I, you know, I feel like I'm now at a point where I could go either way. Um, mm-hmm. When um, when I was married, I changed my name, and I felt really strongly about changing my name. Um, yeah, and it was more so about the potential for children, right. um, because I feel like there's, I think that there's an unspoken um, value in the sense of um, being part of a clan. A, a tribe you know like mm-hmm. um there's something about being like the smiths or the jeffersons or the washingtons you know whatever it is you know like right um and i think that there's like there's uh there's a value in that that i think is overlooked um mm-hmm. and so um and so i wanted um to if we had children to give them that benefit of like we're all mm-hmm we're all the same right you know, like we're all part yeah. of this you know um so mm-hmm. for me it was about that and I didn't have any of the hang-ups of like oh you have to drop your identity and take the man's identity like I wasn't that deep for me like I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't give it that level of like weight um mm-hmm. and so I didn't feel those implications like super heavily or whatever you know um mm-hmm. now um you know, I'm like one. <laughs> I haven't been on a date in a while, so it's sort of a non-issue. Um, but um, you never know what's gonna happen. Oh, I never I'm know what's gonna happen. But I had a discussion about you today oh, in marriage. Lord. Oh my! Mm-hmm. Why? With me and the fella. Oh, the fella. Uh huh. What, what did you say? <laughs> We're basically <laughs> saying like you could find somebody if you move to Atlanta. But uh, you've been saying. Yeah, and two, the other thing is we were talking about, because, you know, for a while like he was involved in um, ministry Mm -hmm. and just talking about how, what that life is like and and how, you know, finding a partner, you know, while you're you know, walking that path, how Mm -hmm. it's difficult. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, so that was all. Mm -hmm. All true. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so so if I I were to get married again, I don't know that I would care like um I do feel a little I feel like a little bit more committed to my surname now um because Mm. my um yeah you know so there's like sort of so I I feel like I'm more inclined to hyphenate now than I than I was Mm. before um and and then I feel like if I had a partner who didn't care or like who didn't feel like this guy (laughs) feels about it. I mean, he has some strong feelings. He has some very strong feelings. Um, so if I had someone who didn't care, or didn't, you know, like it was or understood or whatever, like I might all, I feel like at the very least, I, I would I would hyphenate. Um, mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I, so yeah, so I've never, like I think the one thing that I don't really care for is when people like combine their names or like make a new name. Like, I just like Via that... Ragosa. Yeah, like Via Ragosa. Um or when like both when both people hyphenate. Mm-hmm. Because to me I feel like, well then where does it end? Because if you two hyphenate and now your kids have a hyphenated name, it's presumably, mm-hmm. right? Like, like Yeah, I've had you no, know, I had students who had hyphenated names, yeah. Right, so the kid has a hyphenated name, and now they grow up and get married. Like, do they? You know, so what do they do? Like, do they? Like, do they? 
they now have like mm-hmm. a, a double hyphenated name or like a you know what I mean like where does it end like I just feel like right. that's sort of like a non it's a non-solution like it helps it helps you. your situation right. but then going forward in terms of legacy it doesn't really help it really doesn't and I feel it just gets so messy like when I watch um, I've been watching a lot of um, I finally signed up for uh, my sister will be glad to know that I finally signed up for PBS Passport. And um, okay. so I've been watching a lot of the um, Henry Louis Gate, you know, his um, his show. What's it called? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. I can't remember the name. Girl, either, I can't I think of the name. But the sh- one where he does people's genealogy. Genealogy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, so I just feel like historically, like, you know, a, a person's last name and how you trace lines and all of that is super you know important based on you know a last name like in how yeah. so many of these people's records like they like you know they trace back the de- the father's side they trace back the mom's side based on her maiden name you know and all that sort of thing and then you have like a full picture of where your whole family came from or whatever and so I I don't know like I feel like it's like just messing with something that's not broken <laughs> but like mm-hmm. You know, like, and again, like, I don't have that heavy sense of, oh, I, right. you know, it's like, so I think that that's different, too, you know, because some people do feel like, oh, I, you know, I'm, I'm as the, the woman is the one who has to shed her or whatever. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, I, I just don't feel that. Yeah that way about it yeah and it's kind of weird because like now you know like I'm 44 like I don't think like the kid thing is a thing anymore for me so I'm just like yeah so I feel like less um inclined to like change my name I like like my name um and like you said with you know my parents being gone like my dad being gone none of you know all my dad's brothers like I hear it's like it sounds like breathing it might be my me breathing I don't know (laughs) But it's so like loud, like it's yeah. Okay, so um, you know, not having my dad, like, and all of his brothers all had girls, Mm -hmm. and so you know, just although none of us are married, so the Haynes name is still around. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Potentially, it doesn't have to be. Um, so yeah, so I like I like it, and a lot of women were just kind of like, um, you know, different comments were like, you know. I've like again like they're like late you know older it's like I've you know I'm a doctor now people like I have to like pay to change my name one lady's like I told my husband he wanted me to change and I was like okay if you pay for it for me to change my name like with the whatever my associations then I'll do Mm -hmm. it like fine and she's like he never did it so she's like all right well I'm not gonna change it like because like why am I have why do I have to pay for this? And people basically say, like, it's just a lot of paperwork and it takes it is, a lot of and time. It, it is. Like, I have to say, and what's funny is it took me a long time to change my name back after my divorce. Yes, only did, because, yes you did. <laughs> it did. It took me a long time, but only because I thought that it was going to be the same hassle. Like, it was such a pain to change it the first time mm-hmm. that I was just like, I really don't want this man's name anymore, but I also just don't feel uh you know took, it just had to get to the point where I was motivated enough to do it and then I realized yeah. oh changing back is actually super easy um, oh, wow so it's funny it's just like it's changing the first time or changing from your actual name to whatever the new thing is going to be mm-hmm. that's a real pain in the ass but then what changing back is like oh yeah you you used to be that person before then like it's not a big deal like nobody 
like lots mm. of places I just called and was like, um, I need to change back to my maiden name. They're like, okay, so it's, uh, it used to be what? Like over the phone. Like I didn't even have to submit anything. Mm. Whereas for the change forward, it was like, yeah, submit this, send us a copy of that. Da, da, da. Like it has to yeah, be people something- like for something that's so like the social norm to change your name. They're like, right. it should really be a lot easier. I mean, there should really be like, there should be like, honestly, there should be some company that like profits from this. That's like, come yeah, to, one and come done. to us, one stop shop and give us yeah. like, you know, and we will do all of it for you. And, you know, like that is, who you know, like that's a business that needs to be out there because it really is a pain yeah. about to do. Um, and so, yeah, that's yeah. the only reason it took me so long is because I was just like, oh God, another just another hassle from this like yeah. whole ordeal. So I just All chose right. not to like t- tackle it until I finally was like, okay, enough. And then when I did it, I was like, oh shoot, I could have do- done this a long time ago and been back to my real name, like, you know, years ago. So, um, yeah. so yeah. I'm really bad at paperwork. So that would take me, I'm like, okay, in public and on Facebook, and among our friends and everybody, like I would be Mrs. Blah blah blah, but I don't, I don't want to go through the hassle of changing anything, like branding wise or like legally. Yeah. <laughs> I just like I, was like I don't want to do it. I just I was like I'm so lazy when it comes to paperwork. So I was like I I would do it. It's a, um, it, it's a lot. I mean, and I do <laughs> like, and I think the thing is like truly like if you do it like socially. You know, you still like, you know, like everyone still knows that, like, you know, you're Mr. and Mrs. Whoever or whatever. And then, like, you know, who cares about the legal stuff? Like, because everything is still going to be, you know, you can still do, you're still married on paper. So, in terms of like, you know, any legal anything that goes forward, it can still be done in both your names, knowing that you're like a unit, like a married couple legally or whatever, you know? right so okay so that was fun just yeah interesting topic yeah okay so this is another one so i don't know who this man is (laughs) lots of anonymous men yeah it's such um no this is like a person but i personally don't know who he is other people know who he is because he's like a producer of you know some of these new rap people that i don't really know right um so he is a, a white man and I don't know if you heard about this, but he, like, people went in on him. Oh, so the white he, guy? He, okay. Oh, talk about vague. Is this the white guy? <laughs> well, I mean, the white guy who's the producer of, like... Yes. Okay. Um, I don't know his name either. I just saw a headline about him. Okay. It's J.W. Lucas. Again, does nothing for me. Um, so his initial tweet was, why is the world asking for justice for Brianna Taylor? And he hashtagged a girl. Of course, she shouldn't have lost her life. But do you realize that she was involved with multiple drug dealers who were using her house as a trap spot? If you sign up for that life, there are consequences. So. Oh, wow. I would like to say, shut your face. Right. Um, and so after he got um, pretty much destroyed um and canceled on social media he came back with his apology tour okay Um, and he says sometimes pure intent can be the path to hell one thing i'm not going to let people say is that i am a racist you're racist um (laughs) i fight for i fight for black people every day of my life um 
Okay. Um, but <laughs> how? By putting how? down like sick beats, like making money off of them? Is that how you fight for black people? Um, my comment was designed to ask if this case is being politicized for political propaganda purposes, and I was wrong to speak on it. That's the one thing you got right. Um, mm-hmm. I will really think twice before speaking moving forward, and I will atone for my mistakes. But are you though? I'm sorry right. for the ignorant time and the tone of my tweets. So my thing is, if you're fighting for black people every day, then you should know that this isn't political propaganda. So you lied, right? Um. So whatever, dude. I and hate it when yeah, people like he... feign innocence after they've been mm-hmm. called out about something. Like, oh wait, is this like a thing? Like, because I was just saying how. You know, like, no, no, no. Mm-mm. You said what you said. You said what you said. Stop it. Just own, just either own it or like truly be like, like actually like, you know, be like whatever. But don't yeah. like, like, like the in guy between. Who says, uh, yeah, get you a PR person like the guy who yes. said something about Jill Scott. <laughs> yes. I hope she, got, she, I'm like, you need to call her. Call her. Because I know it's a yes. woman. We, so it's a call black her. Woman. Yes. It's a black woman, yes. Be to specific. be very it's a black specific. Woman. Call her. Because when she saw that, I know she's like, no, little ignorant Negro, you did not. No, you didn't. Let not. me fix this. Let me for fix you. This. Let me, um, yeah, Olivia Put Pope all the this words real in quick. Your mouth that need to be actually. Yes. Said. So, yeah. So, like, you need her. Yes. Call her. Call like, her. hey, guy, I can't remember your little name. Go, go hook them up because, you know. She should be making a lot of money right now because people just oh, all people kind need of to be stupid pouring stuff. into like all the requests need to be pouring into her. But yeah, I'm just like yeah, and then he, yeah, so he keeps going on. Oh, I no. feel terrible about what I said regarding Brianna Taylor's case. The time mm-hmm. and the nature, in general, were unsensitive to Brianna, her family, and a lot of people. Yeah, he did mm-hmm. fighting for her justice. Okay, oh, okay, this Ooh. is the thing I hate about these iOS releases um twitter instagram you know press releases they oh my gosh they need to go through a professional they do um, they can't write no i also want to apologize for involving myself too aggressively in issues that black people are facing i've let my passion and interest for being involved in change lead to me to say things that i regret one my wording that her house was used as a trap house the wording, I'm like, you just straight up said it was a trap house. Um, uh, speaking on potential consequences of her involvement, speaking three, speaking on her case in general at this time, to all of those I offended, I am sincerely apologetic and I am going to humble myself. I realized that I was out of line. I love you all and pray we can unify together. No, we ain't unifying with you because no. um, you're ridiculous Stop and he was it. like I am deleting my original tweet because of potential inaccuracy that her house was being used to receive drug packs in the mail if there was any corruption in the case the punish- punishment should be the maximum allowed under law so you still go back and say if there was any corruption or like okay mm. um, I clearly stated that under no circumstances was her death justified but you okay no um, I also so. stated that based on the warrant and corroborated reports that I was under the impression that her house was being used for receiving drug packs by mail. I had a conversation with Brianna's sisters. First of all, why did her sister even have to get on the phone with you? Why? I'm mad is, about that. Is this 
family not going through enough without having to talk to you? Right. That's punishment enough. Why do I have to talk to you and explain to you why my sister should be alive right now? I mean... See, I mean, the audacity. Just get out of here, dude. Just stop. Yeah, she informed me of the actual nature of the case and cleared up some things for me. I want to apologize to her and her family if my comment regarding her case had any potential inaccuracy. Hashtag love. You and your non-apology and your comment worst apology ever god yeah i mean it's so ignorant like to first of all it's so many inaccuracies in what he said in terms of like what actually Mm -hmm. happened and why it happened and how how it how that whole thing went down but even this like idea that like if you you know like he was shot by officers who didn't identify themselves and charged mm-hmm. into her home. Like, even even if she was somehow involved with anything, like, that's still not okay. Like, that's not how right. we, that's not how mm-hmm. justice is, like, you know, so to say, it'd be, it would be different to say she was, like, one, actually involved with, in any kind of drug-related anything, which she wasn't, and two in like an altercation with someone else who's also in that same world, you know, found herself yeah. in that situation. Like, okay, sure. Like if you run with bank robbers and you get shot at a bank robbing, like then there's like, okay, like that's kind of something that you, but this is not that, like, it's not even close. Yeah. I'm like, I, I grew up in the hood. I don't know where you grew up, grew up, but you know, Mr. Whoever you're white man. Um, so I understand <laughs> that. And, you know, right. it can affect your family. Still doesn't make it right. But right. still, like, yeah, it still does not make it right. Doesn't make again, it right. And again, we're talking about, Officers. again, and I don't understand people who can't understand this concept. The people who are sworn to protect and serve killing someone as opposed to another criminal who is involved, you know, the outlaws, like the people who are engaged, the participants right. in this illegal behavior, harming somebody i was like these are two separate things two very to very me. different things yeah that, to no me. i think to everybody anybody very... who thinks straight yeah oh my god okay i can't so yeah so that was that i'm just like you i can't i was like i guess you canceled because you were never on my radar anyway i don't know who the heck you are anyway so this you know it's like me canceling nfl football yep i canceled it I don't care. So, don't care. you know, I'm just going to keep on not caring about you. Right. Um, and I hope you lose jobs. So <laughs> I hope you lose work. Okay. Okay. So that's there we go. for the viral. So um, one of my favorite things, mm-hmm. it's award season, which is very different. Oh, it's a very uh, <laughs> different award season than ever before. Yeah. So, um the Emmy nominations came out. Yes. And excited. So um the okay, now it's like so good. The limited series and TV movies are so good now. They really are. Such quality they're work being put so out. Good. Really good content. And there's so many things like I still haven't seen that I'm just like, oh my God, like Watchmen I haven't seen yet. Oh my god. And gosh. I love Regina King. She's so amazing. I know, but it's like yeah, I just, you know, that's not my thing. I have to be in a whole mood to 
watch that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's just so good. So um excited about, you know, that. Mm-hmm. Um so congratulations to um lead actress in the limited series or TV movie. I have not watched Little Fires Everywhere. Um Bestie watched it even while I was in the house and I just had no like interest really in it. I would go in and out of it. I tried I to read the book. Bothers me a little bit. I yeah, I'm not a and, big Reese Witherspoon fan, so I actually downloaded the book and I mm-hmm. I started it. I had trouble getting into it though, and so I it's still just sitting there. I only have like Yeah. She read it too cuz I think I like bought her the book. I was like you're like so into this. Here's a book. Uh-huh. Uh, while I was ordering some stuff. So she was like really into it. Yeah, I don't know why I stopped liking Reese Witherspoon. I liked her when we were younger, like in, um, gosh, that movie that was like based on um, Dangerous Liaisons, like the teenage version. Anyway, where she met her husband, her ex-husband. Anyway, that movie. Mm -hmm. Like, I love like early Reese Witherspoon, but I think I saw her in an interview and she came across as very inauthentic and unlikable. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, that's mm, do it. No, no, thanks. Right. So, um, but yeah, so Carrie Washington is up for um mm-hmm. an Emmy as well as Octavia Spencer and Regina King. Oh, I love Regina King so, so much. much. I love her. So that's I didn't love self-made, but I love Octavia Spencer. So is that what she's up yeah. for? Octavia Spencer, yes. Oh, I hate self-made. Yeah, I did not like it. I did not enjoy it. And it was, it was, it was, Tiffany like, it was Haddish. accurate. Okay, sorry. Yeah, did we talk about that? Or did that... I don't know. I don't think we were recording during that time. Yeah, I don't know that we ever talked about it on the podcast, but self-made was terrible. Yeah, historically inaccurate. Um, so inaccurate. And, un- and unnecessarily like, Drama so. that didn't make, exist. Right. And Tiffany Haddish was so miscast. Ugh, yeah, it was ridiculous. Was, I'm not a big Tiffany Haddish fan anyway, but yeah, yeah, but it was bad casting. I'm like, for I sure. like her in her lane, like in Girls Trip, that was just enough. Tiffany Haddish, like, she wasn't a star then, so it was like mm-hmm. limited to Tiffany Haddish, and yeah, so that was fine, but like, any dose bigger than that, no thanks. I'm good. Mm, no. Um, yeah, so outstanding in oh, this is a big one. So um I'm excited about um well the lead actor Anthony Anderson again, who recently became a Q. An honor Q. I was like, look oh, at you. He? Oh him and uh uh-huh. Clinton. D.L. Hughley. Mm-hmm. First of all, so how, why did it take them so long to make George Clinton an honorary Q? Like that seems like a right. no brainer. That's the thing. Yeah, because I was like, I know, I think he's like been the conclave before and all kind of stuff. And my thing is, I thought it had already happened too. Like, I literally thought yeah. it had already happened. That was one of those that I was like, really? That's just now happening? Because that feels like way, overdue. way overdue. Yeah. So, I mean, like, yeah. Because like, again, if I ever hear Atomic Dog again in my life, it would be too soon. Too soon. Uh, gosh, just one weekend. <laughs> and I'm like, never again. Um, so yeah, so um, lead actor Anthony Anderson, um, Don Cheadle for Black Monday, which I honestly have never heard of before. Oh, it's um, on um, Showtime. Okay, that's why. Don't have Showtime. Um, mm-hmm. Ted Dancer for The Good Place. I think th- this is the final season of The Good Place. So, okay, I've never yeah. seen it. I've never watched it. 
it's interesting. Like, you know, as a Christian, you kind of have to suspend, you know, what you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have to suspend your, yeah. Um, and just kind of, you know, it's fiction. Mm-hmm. And so, but it was interesting. Um, Eugene Levy, one of my favorites, Shits Creek. And it's the final season of that too. Which show? So, Shits Creek. Favorite show. Yes, I keep telling you about the show and you refuse to watch it. But, I'm going to watch like it. it. I haven't even tried. It's on there. I see it. Oh, God. I'm going to so try. Get through the first season, like the Parks and Rec. Get through the first season and it's hilarious. Okay. Um, okay um, outstanding lead actress in a comedy seri- series. Um, I can never say her name. Rachel, the lady in The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. She's great. She's won before. Mm-hmm. Okay. Love her. Catherine O'Hare in Shits Creek. She is a revelation. Again, like I love Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara. They're always so good when they're together. Um, like, do you ever watch Best in Show? Like any of those no. like movies? Oh, Best in Show. Again, people, if you have not seen Best in Show, you have to see Best in Show. It is <laughs> a movie about like a mockumentary about a dog show. And it is one of the most hilarious things I've ever seen. It is so funny. Like, like great actors in it, too. Like, all of the movies that they're in. But, like, yeah, Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy have been in, like, a bunch of stuff together. And they're, like, always super funny. Um, So, she's being nominated. She is hilarious. And, like, you know, Tracy Ellis Ross again for Mm Blackish. But the little surprise, Issa Rae for Insecure. I saw that. Very exciting. Good for her. So exciting. Like like I said, this season was so good. Like the relationship part was there, definitely, but it was very much like focused on the friend relationship, her and her best friend. Okay. So that was great. Um what are other ones? So I think Insecure is up for something too. I'm trying to do that. Um, lead actress in a drama, um, Olivia Coleman for the crown. Do we talk about our feelings about the this season of The Crown? I don't know that we have. Um, I enjoyed it a great deal. Okay, I enjoyed it too, but I still really missed um, Homegirl, the first queen. Yeah, but you know what? I oh, so I, I think I missed her maybe like the first episode, the first couple. Yeah, like mm-hmm. just initially, but they really do transition so well. Like, I think even, mm-hmm. like, the actors, like, Olivia Coleman, um, Crazy and- Lady. Oh, she's so good as Margaret. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> Why yes. can I ever remember Girl, her name? She's got such a long name. It's all those things. Hel- Helena Bonham Carter. I was about to call her Bellatrix. Um, right, right. Because she's definitely <laughs> Bellatrix first, and then... Yes. So I was like, okay, that's not her name. She's not the Harry Potter character that she plays again amazingly well in all the movies. Um, (laughs) Helena Bottom Carter, how she like, like, I feel like all of them, like in this new cast, like kind of picked up things, even from the way that the previous cast acted out mm-hmm. you know like they like in very subtle ways like the way they it was very familiar like, like yeah so they like it picked, was the same character which i was just same. in awe of that like and um mm-hmm. 
And like the queen too, like Elizabeth's, like the way that she walked or like her gestures mm-hmm. and some of just like the really like subtle like movements or whatever that I like. Was and like, I think she said that she, she intentionally kind of did that. So there could so be like smart. some continuity. Yeah. And there was, the there was like this yeah. sense of continuity, even though you knew like this, I, it's like clearly a different actor and you know, like. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is another lady, a whole other lady, but playing the same character, only like several years older now and like more mature. Like I was, I, I thought that that was just so well done and such a hard thing, right? Because like, and like, I saw a thing where the producers talked about like their angst around this move, you know, like going Mm -hmm. instead of, instead of using prosthetics and other things to age the pre the previous cast, they just decided that they're just going to go whole other way. And, um, and how that was, you know, obviously one of the things that was on the table as like could go terribly wrong. But I thought that they, because yeah. they were so concerned about it, they nailed it. Like they did really well. The um, are always so good with that. And then like how they end a show, like, you know, here, like you want, sh- people want shows to last forever. They're like, you could be like the most popular show. They're like, yeah, we're done. Sorry. Bye. Yeah. Yeah, um, there's only two more seasons, right? I think so. I think they said two more. I know they already started, like, the next season. I think Diana's going to... Yeah, Diana, they're finally going to get to uh, Princess Diana. So I I just thought it was very... I mean, I just... I love The Crown. Like, I could watch it all over again. I mean, and I did, like, for the first, um, you know, first season, or, like, the previous season, like, I watched it all over again in preparation for the new one, you know, and I could... Um, mm-hmm. And I'll do the same again for this one. Like, it was just... It's just so well done. So well okay. done. And I feel there's so many, like, it feels like there's so many things up. So comedy series, I think there's, like, about nine. So Curb Your Enthusiasm, which I didn't even realize was still on the air, or, like, it was off and came back on. I've never watched it. Oh, it's hilarious. I, yeah, I um, keep hearing good things about it. I just never, because is, is it HBO? Yeah. Okay, so I just need to watch it. Yeah, so um, Larry David is an entire crazy person. He is. So that's why I feel like Black AF is very much, it reminded me a lot of Curb Your Enthusiasm. That's why I didn't mind it. Okay. Uh, or a lot of people just like, did I like it? So Dead to Me, which I've never watched. The Good Place, which I liked and loved. It was their final season. Insecure is up for comedy series. The Commence Me Method, which I didn't watch. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which I love. Mm-hmm. Shit's Creek, which I love. And What We Do in the Shadow. So Shit's Creek I feel the good place might have a chance because they're final season. So I feel like mm-hmm. they're the real contenders because they're series wraps mm-hmm. um, and drama series. I'm going to get off of this because time is a ticking. Um, Better Call Saul. Haven't watched The Crown, The Hands Made Tale, which I refuse to it's, watch. It's horrible. I watched I the can't. first two episodes and it's so it's misery porn. I've said this about this show before. It's misery yeah, porn. It's it's like that um, Orange is the New Black. Like I had to watch. Like there was one season in particular where I was like, okay, like how much, how much is this all white right um white writers room going to put these people of color in these like horrific situations? Like they were, it was so just disgusting. So mm-hmm. I was like, I cannot, I cannot watch this show anymore. So I stopped watching. It. I was like, I can't watch this anymore. Mm-hmm. Um. Killing Eve, I watched that. The Mandalorian, which oh, Killing Eve all is up. amazing. Okay, it's Ozark so cool. again, which I have not gotten into. Also, so good. 
And that's on yeah, Netflix. Look, you look. need to watch Ozark. It's so good. And Jason Bateman. I started watching Ozark and um, yeah, I just stopped. I think I got in two episodes and I was like, mm, no. This was very early on in the pandemic, so maybe I can revisit it later. Um, Stranger Things and Succession. So those are kind of like the big... Yeah, I um, want to start watching right. Succession. I added it to my list of uh, shows because uh, some, some other podcast was also talking about it and I was like, and they were just going on and on about it. My favorite murder, they were talking about mm-hmm. it. And I was like, oh, okay. okay. And so, um, and they tend to like shows that I like. So I was like, okay. so I, I just, I just literally just added it to my watch list. Um, I think it's HBO too, though. And I have HBO hooked together with my Hulu. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so I've gotten rid of my HBO. Like I got it for Insecure and then like kept it one more month. And then I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Right. Um, so I'll go back and forth. What I did download, mm-hmm. which I need to get rid of because I'm on a seven day trial, is Broadway HD. What is um, Broadway HD? Like all these recorded Broadway shows. Oh, girl. fun. So I finally watched Puff. Puffs. Oh, we were that trying to, to see. Yeah. 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 So I watched that. And there, oh, like I see that there's now one. Um, about Ann Richards. I would totally I want to see that. They have Lady Day at the Emersons. So yeah, there's like a bunch of like good stuff on here. So okay. um yeah, so I'm about to cancel that too. So I think I have one more show to watch before I get rid of this as well. Um yeah. So Broadway, because I was like, oh my gosh. So yeah, so the other big thing that happened um mm-hmm. this week. Um first of all, I will say Brandy's having a good week. Because she dropped an album, and Moesha just dropped on Netflix. I know! I saw that! They actually, Netflix added a whole slew of, like, 90s, like, yeah. black, black 90s sitcom type shows. Yeah, and the thing is, I, the only thing is, I hated Moesha. Like, I hated the, her character. She was so annoying to me. Um, But I will watch it, just, you know, I will watch it at some point. Right. But yeah. So, yeah, so she's had the best week ever. But, of course, all of that is eclipsed by one Beyonce Mills Carter. Of course. Releasing um, Black is King, her visual album, on Disney+. Plus. So she didn't do it HBO this time. She did Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that might have had something to do with her and the Lion King, you know, kind of that connection that she had with mm-hmm. Disney. Who knows? Um. And I, okay, I told you that I, and I put on our Facebook page that I was watching it mm-hmm. for the culture. The thing was, I was working <laughs> at the time, so I couldn't really, so I was like, listening to the music, not really watching it. But what I saw, it was beautiful. Mm. Like, oh my gosh, Beyonce, like just gorgeous. <laughs> like the vision, you know, like the visuals were just so aesthetically pleasing, so beautiful. The couture, again, mind-blowing. Mm just amazing so again she really knows what she's doing um and as we saw with watching homecoming she is very meticulous about her product what she puts out so yeah she's incredible so you know even with uh, other thing i was like i am not you know the beehive but i i recognize people who are hard workers and hustlers and who like tried their best to perfect their craft and you know creative people so I appreciate her and that was beautiful again one day again I like I told you I was like I 
was watching it. I was listening and not really watching it as, you know, closely. Mm-hmm. So I just turned it off and put Hamilton on um, so that I could just sing along. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I knew I was going to do it. Like, right. I was like, Kristen, you know you're going to, you know, want to sing and whatever. So you know you're going to put, you're going to turn the Okay, and I did. Mm. So I'll go back and revisit it later. Yeah, I haven't. So. I haven't tuned in yet, but I'm going to. I was just, I got caught up in a different uh, show. Though I just finished today. Okay, so I will. There's been some controversy because you know Beyonce, you know, is such a polarizing character. Just a polarizing person. Whatever she does, you know, she you have the hive who are like she could do no wrong. Right. Everything she does is perfect. And then you have people who hate her for no reason. I'm like, I'm clearly in the middle. Like, I don't care. I was like, oh, that's pretty. Oh, she did some good stuff. Hey, I like that. That's a bop. You know, and then, you know, but I'm not spending $200, $300 on tickets. So, no. like, you know, there's a happy, like, medium. Yeah, it's a, it's a good place to be. I'm there. right there with you. Yeah. And so, but there are others who, like, just take it as, it's like, we don't need a think piece about Beyonce. About, oh, but there's so, you know, there's gonna be there has to be a think piece. Oh, yeah, there's like I'm sure a like million. A million. So one person who's a rapper again, like for from the person who does the pop culture things, but again, I'm I'm 44, so you know we take right. this all the greatest thought. Her name is No Name. I have no idea who this person is, but her name the, is No Name. The rap the 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 um the interwebs told me um <laughs> the streets told me that she's a rapper. Okay. So I'm just gonna go with that. So she had the um apparently she has big ones because she criticized Beyonce. Um she says we love an African aesthetic draped in capitalism. Hope we remember the black folks on the continent whose daily lives are impacted by US imperialism. If we can uplift the imagery, I hope we can uplift those who will never be able to access it. Black liberation is a global struggle. Because again, it is, I'm not going to say it's like a um, coming to America aesthetic, but kind of, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> it's like the grandeur of Africa. Sure. You know, there's deserts. It's like the beauty. But I feel like that's just as important because that's so opposite of what we always see. Sure. People see Africa. Like, I, I told you years ago, and I was like, you know, I always assume the best of people. Well, not always, but I try. You know, <laughs> if people come with a with a certain reputation when I meet them, I associate certain things. I was like, oh, you are respected, so I make a certain I make certain assumptions about you, which okay. I shouldn't do. So there was, you know, a person that we know mm-hmm. who went to South Africa and came back and was just telling us all these stories of how she her mind was blown oh my god guys like there were houses there like you would find in ladera heights i was like are you just now finding this out at like 30 something years old right that like there are whole cities and infrastructure and like people are not living in huts like like you know like there were cities where did you think she was staying that's what i want to know where did you think you were gonna stay like, you knew you were going right. to, like, a hotel, right? Like, you didn't think you were staying out right. under, like... And then I was like, you were going to South Africa, which is, like, one of the most, right. like, westernized Super well. countries in in Africa. So, like, are you for real, girl? So, yeah, again, like, I lost any respect that I had for her that day. Because I was like, first of all, like, the 
the comparison is like Ladera Heights, like that's the comparison that you have. Right. You, you need to widen. You need to widen yeah, your. Yeah, that's girl. the best comparison that you have in terms of places that are like you know really really nice. Like you need to get out. More yeah. Often. I was like, okay, yeah, I thought you were. I was like, I'm not even well traveled. At that point, I was like, I was not even well traveled or like been anywhere. And I was like, I know better than that. I, I mean, like, I like, all you have to do is drive 45 minutes to, like, South Pasadena. You have, like, more, like, sprawling estates than Ladera. I mean, like, I'm just saying, like, you don't have to even leave town. But, okay, Mm-mm. girl, don't get me started. Yeah, so people kind of went in. Someone's like, would you have liked it if the African looked poor? If the Af- oh, Lord Jesus, again, these things. If they looked poor and hungry, you saw Africans being themselves and being part of an amazing body of art and looking good at that, and you called it an aesthetic. The real Africa is what small is what small huts and torn clothes and hungry-looking children. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one of the comments. Um, someone's like a person who I'm assuming is from South Africa. I don't know. Let me take that back. I don't know where she's from. Um, who are you speaking for? I hope you d- didn't fix your fingers to tweet for us. Because I can tell you what we don't need is your voice. We don't need a no-hit wonder American trying to ruin a moment that we're currently enjoying. Um, mm -hmm. Wow. No. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, that's what you get, though. Like, you, (laughs) first of all, you're right. Like, you're pretty bold to come for Beyonce, period. Just, like. Mm-hmm. there's a whole beehive out there that is like their only My thing is like is it worth it is it worth like, it to say you're too little it sex? must not know it's it really no. isn't it's not so it's just like you 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 should you whatever you got back you should have known that you and mm-hmm. you know and of course and then you want to you know again like speak for other people like so now you're going to invite their you know their wrath as well yeah good luck mm-hmm. good luck with that girl Mm-hmm. Okay, see again, this is the thing that um what is this? I don't know. What are you looking at? Girl. <laughs> what yeah. what is happening? I told you because I'm on my computer, I see stuff, and then um people don't Okay, I was like, it's in my best interest not to. Oh Jesus! Okay, come back. Okay, yes, I'm sorry. Oh jeez. Okay, people drive me crazy. I've been waiting all this time for this mess. Okay, so yeah, so yeah, there's some other stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm completely outdone right now. So um, <laughs> talk about it. Let's get personal. Okay, let's get personal. So I alluded to what I've been binge watching with now I'm all caught up and that's HBO's new version of Perry Mason. I'm obsessed. It's so good. Um, and, um, it's Matthew Reese who also, so if you, Matthew Reese, I know him from the Americans. He was the husband in the Americans. Mm -hmm. Um, but he's been in a million things and, um, And he plays Perry Mason, like a young Perry Mason. And finally this, um, yesterday I was telling you how I couldn't figure out why he's just a private investigator and not an attorney. 
Um, but this last most recent episode that aired last week, so I'm all caught up to last week because, you know, there's HBO, like they're dropping it like, you know, like a regular series, like once a week. Um, so this final episode that I just watched today ex- explains how he goes from PI to attorney. Okay. So, um, so it's very good because I was just kind of like, oh, I was just talking about, you know, like with you, just how I didn't understand like what they were doing or why it was so different. But now he's sort of like making this transition to like be like a defense attorney. So, um, very interesting, very well done, very LA noir. Uh, so like mid thirties, early forties, LA, very dark. Um, a very dark case that he's like helping to solve and like, you know, defend the person that's being, you know, wrongly accused and all this. So really good. And it's also like beautifully filmed um, all over like actual mm-hmm. LA, but it's sort of like, so it's very oh. interesting too. Cause it's kind of like, you know, they like it, it looks like LA in the like thirties or forties. So the way in which they're having to like, I'm sure lots of it is, um, you know, like, uh, not necessarily, like, on scene, but some of it is clearly on scene, and just the way that they're able to, like, shoot in a way that they capture, like, actual buildings that have been around since the 30s and 40s, so that, like, that's all that you see, and, like, so they capture the flavor of, you know, the city with, like, the actual setting. It's, you know, like, Angel's Flight, all these different things. Like, it's very, oh, very wow. good. Yeah, like, so very cool um so i'm sure a lot of it is done on set but some of it is clearly filmed like in the city um and um but in a way that you're like oh but that's that's still doesn't look like today but you know so um so yeah really well acted um john lithgow is in it um so very good so i'm totally obsessed with that um and I just, last week, I finished reading um, uh, Austin Channing Brown's book, Here I Am. Um, okay. And it's so good. I really, really enjoyed it. It's, um, it's basically her story of just, like, being, like, a Black girl in America. And, um, and she, uh, so the full title is, I'm sorry, it's not, I always get it wrong. It's I'm Still Here. And the subtitle is Black Dignity in a World Made for Whiteness. Um, And it's Austin Channing Brown. And so it's just one of those, like, he tells her story, um, just, like, how she, like, grew up and, like, um, and kind of, like, her, like, different, like, interactions just with the world at large, both, like, um, her, like, own, like, home, like, life, um, what it was like to be like, you know, the only black person like at her school a lot of the time, like growing up in a white mm-hmm. neighborhood, then like also like later being exposed to like a whole other like uh, flavor of blackness, if you will, <laughs> like as you like expanded her horizons, like her, her parents split up. And so she ended mm-hmm. up like spending more time with like her father's family, which was like, you know, different than like the family that she they'd spent more of the time with, which was on her mom's side initially, you know, um, and how that was another like cultural transition for her, like in terms of like discovering like just nuances of blackness, you know, for herself, you know, mm. um, anyway, I, super identified with like a lot of like her own like mm-hmm. experience and like developing right. you know like learning and developing in like a way that was sort of like oh like this is something that's like 
that I should know, but is foreign to me based on what I've been exposed to so far, you know? Right. Um, and, um, and just generally just talks about like, yeah, this like interacting, you know, what is it like to interact as a black woman in, in, in a very, you know, in a world that's very much like set up for whiteness. So um, it's really good. It's really good. It's a good, it's well-written um, every chapter, and it's also the kind of thing where, like, you can take each chapter on its own. Like, I could see people doing, like, a, you know, like, I want to talk about mm. this and, like, taking, like, that chapter, like, a chapter about that. You know? um, okay. So it's good for that, too. But it's a, just a really good, like, quick read. Like, I read it in, like, I, like, I pretty much only read when I, like, read, like, these, like, books for pleasure, like, at when I go to bed, you know, and so, yeah, yeah. um, so it only took me a week to read, and that I mean that's saying a lot because I don't, you know, I get in bed and I read like you know five pages from asleep, you know, so, um, so yeah, so I got through it really quickly, and I really really enjoyed it. So, um, if you're looking for um, one to support like a really good uh, black female writer, and two, um, to just be like you know uh, to to want either like if you're black to like see like your story like told in a different way or like you know by someone else mm-hmm. and like have that identity like in inside a book which is always fun um and then two if you're not black but like wanting to like you know understand or like dig in and like see more black stories see more black stories and hear more perspectives like it's just a great book so like really anybody should like pick it up and and read it um if you haven't already so um so that's been really good and then um and that's it like in terms of like like I said earlier like I cleaned up my garage I'm super proud of myself I also fixed my garage door opener which again like Mm. I'm like it was a really small thing that I needed to like kind of tweak and figure out um ultimately I think I'm gonna have to like call an electrician to like really like permanently fix it but it's like working for now and it hasn't been so I was like pleased with myself <laughs> about that. Anytime I like figure something out like that, I just was like, you know what? Okay, like I'm gonna be okay in this world. <laughs> so, um, um, and um, the other big thing is, I don't think I talked about this on the podcast last week, but I got accepted into that cohort for um, that I applied mm-hmm. for, um, which is a spiritual direction cohort through my church and so I'm super excited about it it's like a national cohort so there's people in it who are like all over like there's like another gal up in San Francisco but that's it for like the west coast and there's like a couple of folks in Texas like somebody in New York like a few people in the midwest like so there's like a spread of people from all over who are going to be in this zoom cohort that's a year long yeah it's going to be it's a two-year cohort And then the first year, like you meet on Zoom um, every other month for like eight hours. So they split the eight hours between, since it's Zoom, they split the eight Mm -hmm. hours, like four days on one day and four days on another or whatever. So So you have to. Yeah. Yeah. So it's still a long stretch because four hours on a Zoom call is like, good Lord. But um, yeah, yeah. (laughs) it should be interesting. But I'm super excited about it because it's both like, and I also got assigned a spiritual director who I met with for the first time last week. Um, awesome. And that was really, really good. And um, yeah, I'm excited to start. It's not, so I'm started the reading for it because you have to read the two first two books. You have to read them by the first class, which is mid-September. So I'm working on the first book 
and it's really good and it's like so it's about learning to be a spiritual director but then also at the same time receiving spiritual direction for yourself in the process mm-hmm. of of learning how to do it so um i'm stoked about that um, awesome. yeah yeah so um yeah that's all i've got what about you um, so as we, I mentioned earlier, um, I've been out walking in nature, yeah. um, yesterday and today. So yesterday I spent time with my God girls and the bestie, um, big God girl, her birthday is on Monday. So she wanted to come to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. She had a little photo shoot and this, the pictures are just so adorable I'm like, oh my god i can't believe she's 14 14 um, she'll, be, oh, she'll be 14 my 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 pumpkin yeah so um so that was nice so we did pictures in piedmont park and it's just like a you know it was very pretty outside you know it was warm but kind of tolerable with the shade um and then today um i really had no plans i was gonna um get a tire but my tire places I have like three tire places that are kind wow. of the people that I I know again the <laughs> real estate life the tire thing it's is the thing I gotta get my tires replaced like a lot so um, well it's the real estate life in Atlanta because y'all's roads are ridiculous horrific so yeah so I have so many buses tired like yeah so I have like three kind of go-to tire places and they were all closed today one's closed like because of COVID and the others are just closed because they're closed on Sunday one was like hey my alignment guy isn't in today so I was like okay I tried wow so I was like I'll try again on Monday Uh um but um, so I like I really didn't have any plans today. So I was like, oh, this is nice. Like I had like, you know, I made time on Saturday not to do anything because I wanted to hang out with God girls. And, you know, Sunday I was like, oh, well, I was going to give a card. I might have, you know, drove up there to um, go shopping with them or whatever. But then I was like, well, if I'm not getting my tire fixed, I'm not going to drive up there. So um, the fellow was like, hey, you want to ride out? And I was like, OK, where? And so he mentioned one place and I mentioned another place. And I was like, let's go this one. Cause it's actually only 30 minutes outside of the city, mm-hmm. less than 30 minutes actually from us. And um, it's this place called um, Serenby. Oh, you posted pictures. In- yes. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like a um, urban oasis, kind of like a planned community, mm-hmm. but it's like, there's like a farm, there's stables, there's a playhouse, there's these really fantastic restaurants, um, you know, you can rent houses, you can lease houses, you can buy homes there as well, um, they have like a general store, and there's just like all these different types of shops and stores and bakeries, mm-hmm. And whatnot. And so, and they have like these great, like little hiking and walking trails. So we just like, I was like, let's just go there. I was like, cause it's like really serene and really pretty. And I don't think there'll be a lot of people, you know, there. And, you know, it's very close. And it, it's going to feel like it's not close at all. Like nice. it's going to feel like yeah. you're like far away. And so driving there, it was just like so peaceful. Nobody on the road, just like trees. It's just like beautiful. Got there you know, walked around a bit and, you know, did all that kind of stuff, looked at the houses, drove around. And <laughs> he was like, why do I feel? He's like, you know, this is relaxing. This is really cool. And he's like, why do I feel like it's a cross between get out 
and um, the Blair Witch Project. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a terrible cross. Yeah, and he was like, we were walking back to the car, and like literally, like when we we kind of came up the back trail, like it came through like by the bakery, mm-hmm. and there's like an outdoor seating area, like people do this, and so it seems he was like when we walked up, like, everyone, it's like, it was like, get out. He's like, at the garden party, like, when everyone stopped talking. Right. It started, like... <laughs> oh, God, that is, that is terrifying. Yeah, and he was like, oh, it's like, get out. Right. <laughs> like, shut up. Yeah, it is, it's time like, to go. Yeah, he's like, everyone started, like, looking at us, like, quiet. Oh, I was no. like, yes, we are the only black people here right now. I was like, Danny Glover owns the house over here. You're like, Danny! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> help! Help! Help us! Um, yeah, but, you know, people go there, like, there. But, you know, it's about, like, a, a super, like, black part of the town. But, yeah. Wow. I was like, this is nice and relaxing, but, yeah. But there are a lot of, like, it's very much a place for, like, liberal white people. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of like Black Lives Matters, like flags up. Mm-hmm. Someone had like, their car. Like someone had like a little like mosaic uh, near their front door. This <laughs> oh, like, they were like, matter. we're gonna get artsy with ours. We're gonna get artistic and you know say our piece. But he was like, all right, all right, that's nice. I was like, okay, yeah, okay, we're we're good. But yeah, I do get a little like, okay, what are y'all doing here? I was like, I know about this place. Uh, right, ain't no secret. Yeah, the other one was like a little farther away. It's like about an hour, fifteen minutes away, and I was like, "Yeah, let's just go to the close one." So yeah, nice. just be it. So yeah, I've been out in nature twice. Very good. Which is not me. So I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna take a Benadryl and take my behind to sleep." For real, yeah, that's mm-hmm. a whole lot of uh, outdoorsy for you. It didn't like give me as much as I thought it was. Well, that's good. I was surprised because, like, my eye was a little irritated this morning. We were in the park maybe, like, two hours. Oh, which, yeah. like, again, when I was outside for 15 minutes and came back in, my whole face was, like, right. itch. But, um, yeah, like, none of that. Like, a little itchy legs. But mm. I was like, other than that, yeah, I was like, I have a little mosquito bites, I think. But, um... Ugh, I hate mosquitoes. Yeah, I know. Oh, well, that's just a... Mm-hmm. necessary here so um yeah so that was kind of it so it was it was very nice to be out in lovely nature. i love Pima park to me it's like my like a little um central park mm-hmm. it is so very pretty. pretty yeah so um and there's one view that's just like so gorgeous where you can like look over the water and see like the little boat house or whatever little whatever little house it is well, it's not the boat house that's Central Park um little house and, the, and you can see like the whole city um scape it's really nice mm-hmm. very so, pretty yeah, so that was nice and I'm ready to um it's getting late to go to sleep and get ready all Good right morning mm-hmm. well I think we've covered everything we did this was a very long one we are almost on our up to our limit <laughs> we are almost yeah. to our limit we're right under yeah so the thing is we can't because we're doing this free because this isn't a real thing we get two hours two hours and so we are 
frighteningly close. Frighteningly close. But, you know, we're pretty much wrapping up and we got it all. Yeah, and- I cut a couple of things. No, I did cut a couple of things. Oh, there see? were some other things I was going to say because I was like, oh, I looked at the time. I was like, oh, shoot. Yeah. Need to wrap it up. So, yeah. So, there you go. Awesome friend. So yeah, that, job. That, that's all I want to talk about. Yeah. Good job. Good job. <laughs> Thanks to the tuning in folks. Uh we'll be back next week with more uh, of the same. Oh, we're we gonna give a shout out to our new listener. Oh yes, we'd like to give a special shout out uh, because um she if she's listening still, she made it this far through another <laughs> episode. So to our new uh fan, uh Miss Annette. Thanks for listening yeah. in. Yeah. Look at that. See, we give shout outs to folks. Yeah. We're happy you're here. We are glad. Okay. (laughs) Finally. Finally. Yeah. (laughs) Finally. Finally. uh, All right. All right. Yeah. It's about time. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Wait Tell Me Everything is written and produced by Kristen and Andrea. Find all available listening platforms at anchor.fm forward slash wait tell me everything. Subscribe, rate, and review to help us get the word out and get social with us on our Facebook page or follow us on Twitter and IG at wait tell me pod. Questions, feedback, or something you'd like us to tackle? Email us at wait tell me everything at gmail.com.